In his name you have the grace of God, and you have the peace of God, that's okay. And you have his mercy and his love, the name, the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, may these words of my mouth, meditations of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength and our rock, our redeemer, we praise your name. Amen. Well, I'd like for us just quickly to walk through that parable that Trinity read just a few moments ago about the guy who's called the shrewd steward or the unwise steward. Uh, and as we do that, to just ask a, a real basic question. Actually, it's a question that I introduced and we talked a little bit about last week. If you were here, you remember it's, it's not necessarily rocket science, but when somebody does something in the way that they do it, they always have a reason why they did what they did in the way that they did. And so this owner, this rich man, Let's ask why he did what he did. I mean, he catches this manager of his with the hand in the till. He's got him red-handed. And he could have just fired him, boom, like that. Back in this day, he also could have had the man beaten. And nobody would have blinked an eye about that. But he did neither of those things. Yes, he did fire the guy, but it was not immediately clean out your desk, get out of here, I don't want to see you anymore. No, he, what he did was he gave this guy a little more time. He gave him the opportunity to give an account of your management. In essence, what that rich man was choosing to do was to give him a second chance. You know what that's called? That's called mercy. Yeah, that's right. That is called mercy. When you give someone a second chance. Listen to this definition of the word mercy. Mercy is, and now I quote from the dictionary, a refraining from harming or punishing offenders, enemies, or persons in one's power. It is kindness in excess of what may be expected or demanded by fairness. It is forbearance. It is compassion. It is a disposition to forgive. So that's what the rich guy does. Mercy. But the other guy, the steward. So what does he do with his second chance? Well, he thinks through his options, and his option list just really isn't real long, is it? As to what would work if he were to do it. And so Luke tells us this. He finally comes to this conclusion. I know what I'll do when I lose my job here so that people will welcome me into their houses. So he called each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 400. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? 1,000 bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. Do you know what is so brilliant? about this man's plan? And do you know why his master commended him for what he did? And do you know ultimately why Jesus holds up this man for us, this dishonest steward? He says, yeah, copy him, follow him, be like him. Why? It's because of this one thing. It's because of this one thing that he knew to be true about his master. His entire 
plan is based on this one thing, that his master was a man of mercy. Do you see that now as you look back at his plan? I mean, think about it. If his master is an Ebenezer Scrooge kind of guy, do you think his master is going to be happy with this idea of him giving away even more of his money? I don't think so. But if this master has already demonstrated that he is a generous man, that he is a, a man of mercy, then the plan really makes sense, doesn't it? That in showing mercy, this dishonest steward, showing mercy in his master's name, that will play pretty well with his master. Because after all, his master is a man of mercy. His master is someone who likes to give others a second chance. Case in point, the second chance that he gave to the dishonest steward. We don't have to speak. Oh, oh my, I'm sorry. This t-shirt has made me wear my microphone in a different place, and I, I apologize for that. Uh, you know, we don't have to speculate about whether or not what that dishonest steward did, if it really struck a chord with his master, do we? Listen to what Jesus said. The master commended the dishonest steward because he acted shrewdly. So what does this parable have to say to us? How does this apply to us? Well, first of all, you have to acknowledge that you are the dishonest steward. Okay? And that our master, also known as God, he has given us everything that we need to conduct his business. And yet we have not always used those resources he has given us to conduct his business, have we? And just like this dishonest steward, if God were to come and bust each one of us, like the master is calling his servant into account. Well, exactly how many options would we have at that moment in terms of dealing with our circumstances? Our list for dealing with that, of being held accountable by our holy God for us wasting his resources, our list of possible things that we could do is a short as was the dishonest steward's list. And in the end, all we can do is rely on the mercy of God. The question is, is God merciful? If we come to him and rely on his mercy, Will we, in fact, discover, learn, and experience that he is merciful? 
Well, what does the Bible say about God? Nehemiah 31. I can't look down like that, can I? <laughs> Nehemiah 9, verse 31. Gracious and merciful is God. Psalm 103, verse 8. Merciful, God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. And in that psalm and in other psalms, this, these words are repeated over and over again. His mercy endures forever. And then how about these words from Ephesians 2, 8, and 9? God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions and sins. It is by grace you have been saved. Couldn't we very well say that Jesus Christ is, is God's living proof to us that he is merciful, that he is a God of second chances, he is a God of grace, he is a God of forgiveness, and that in Jesus Christ we can absolutely trust in the mercy of God. That's why I call it sweet mercy. Because it's so absolutely true. In baptism, you experience the sweet mercy of God. When you come to the Lord's table again, you experience the, and receive the sweet mercy of God. When you open up your Bibles and read about Jesus, you receive the sweet mercy of God. It's yours in Christ. The only question that remains to be answered, and, and you alone can answer this, is who in your life needs mercy? Who's that person that needs a second chance from you? Just realize this. Even as that dishonest steward was not, and I don't mean this in a lighthearted way, not playing with his own mercy. He was playing with his master's mercy, wasn't he? Even so, for that person who needs a second chance from you, you're not playing with your mercy. No, what you're giving is God's mercy. And we give it. We give it because the whole purpose behind the mercy of God is he wants as many people as possible to be in heaven when this is all done. Which is what lies behind this dishonest steward being commended for making friends with worldly mammon, with heavenly mammon. So you and I make friends for our God by giving that person in your life who needs that second chance, giving them sweet mercy. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.